3: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only three ninety-nine per month.
4: Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties
3: the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
5: Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. All oh, right. Yeah. Right live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler.
3: Good Monday morning to you. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show here on a Monday. Bart Winkler off until Wednesday. So you got me today and tomorrow. Got plenty to react to over the weekend. Obviously, we'll get into some Packers talk. Got to talk about them as they got their first preseason action out of the way against the 49ers. We talk about them, but I don't know it's not as inflammatory as talking about this Milwaukee Brewers baseball team right now. I I just think with what you've seen out of the Brewers over the last couple of days, we got to break down this hater trade again. We got to talk about the offense, not showing up like it has been over the second half. I thought the pitching was all right. I thought overall, like the Brewers starters did fine Sure, Lauer gave up a couple long balls, but not like he gave up five and six runs. You were still in that ball game. Corbin Burns does Corbin Burns things once again. Even though he might not have been as sharp as you usually see him, he still goes out there and does it. And it's really odd that basically it seemed like over the last, what, month and a half, two months, that Corbin Burns has not been on his A game except for a start here or there. And he's still just going out there and giving you six, seven strong. Not a whole lot else going on. And he's only given up one or two runs a night. So Corbin Burns is absolutely incredible. So we saw another good start out of him, and they actually get the win in that one. And then yesterday, you saw a decent start out of Aaron Ashby. I thought you had to be pretty happy with what Ashby gave you. Sure, you're going to give up the long ball sometimes. But this offense generally in this second half, has been giving you something that they haven't given you all season long. And now, coming out here in this series against the Cardinals, really, and I know we always make fun of Tim for this, talking about Tim Allen, host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, every single time it's it's the biggest win of the year, or it's the biggest series of the year, or it's the biggest game of the year. I mean, let's be honest. This was the biggest series of the year up to this point. Up Against the St. Louis Cardinals, coming in a half game down, three games set out in St. Louis, you've got a chance to either take the division lead or you could get swept and be way behind in the division, so thankfully that didn't happen. But now they find themselves a game and a half out, starting four against the Dodgers tonight at home, so it'll be nice to have them home. A four against the Dodgers. And we're going to take a look at the schedules and everything. There's plenty to talk about with the Milwaukee Brewers. Because this baseball team had an opportunity right in front of them to go out to St. Louis and make up for some wrongs that they had done since the All-Star break, since that trade. Make up for some stretches where they've struggled. And they went out there and didn't do a whole lot. Again, I don't know that I have a whole lot of problem with... The pitching staff in general, outside of Taylor Rogers, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. I thought the starters were fine. I thought overall it was a well played baseball series between both sides. But I don't like the idea that it's well they just were better than us today, and you know I I can stand for that when you know it's the middle of April or May or June and. It's one of those things where, all right, they just came out and beat us. That's fine. But why is it – and, Tim, you can weigh in on this, if you will. Why is it that when Michaelis takes the mound after giving up 10 runs to the Rockies, he suddenly looks like a Cy Young candidate against the Brewers? Because that's what the Brewers' offense does. Why is it that every single pitcher for the Cardinals this weekend looked like they should be a top three Cy Young candidate? Why? Why? It's the Brewers' offense. What do you expect? But I came in with (laughs) at least a little bit of Of hope hope because they've been good in the second half. They've been giving you run support. They have. They really have. And so I came into this series, if nothing else, expecting them to put up some runs, and they just didn't. And I, I, I can't fault a pitching staff for losing baseball games when your offense only scores two and three runs a night. Of course, sometimes you're going to struggle. Eric Lauer, he's got to keep the ball in the ballpark. He always struggles when he gives up home runs, and he gives up a lot of them. I think he's in the top five in the league for most home runs given up this year, probably closer to one than he is to five at this point. So he's given up a lot. But I can't fault him. He gives you a decent outing, and gives up only three runs. You should be in that ball game. You should win it. Corbin Burns goes out there and does his thing. And at this point, uh, he's probably not going to win the Cy Young again this year because of what Sandy Alcantara is doing and how incredible he's been down in Miami. But, I mean, come on. Help this guy out a little bit. This dude should be winning every single outing because he only gives up one or two runs in seven strong. And you can hand it off to your A-plus arms out of the bullpen. So you should only be giving up. One, two, maybe just three runs when Corbin Burns takes the mound for the, that entire game. You should be able to score more than that. At least they got that win. And then yesterday, we can talk a little bit about this with what was Council doing? Aaron Ashby? Are we? Am I missing something? Like he, he didn't throw all that many pitches. He couldn't go out there for another inning. He looks solid. And the thing about Ashby, too, and I saw various articles talking about this over the weekend, he's got good stuff. He's got great stuff. So he can kind of live in the zone. Some of these guys, I'm sorry, their stuff just isn't the same caliber as a guy like
2: Ashby. He didn't even touch 80 pitches.
3: Exactly. So why can't he go out there for one more inning? And you know what? If he gets blown up that inning, we'll sit here and say the exact opposite thing. Why didn't you pull Ashby? Same sort of thing this morning. But this is what happens when you don't win these baseball games. We can second-guess everything. You had an opportunity yesterday to at least make it two out of three to take the division lead going into this tough stretch of baseball against the Dodgers seven out of the next ten days. And now you're going to go into this stretch seven out of the next ten are against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And if you struggle during this stretch, Luckily you have a little bit of a reprieve with the Cubs in there. But at this point, am I supposed to feel confident going up against the Chicago Cubs? Because I felt confident going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds, and they walked out of that one and five last time. So so who am I supposed to feel confident about them beating at this point? What are you hoping for? Five and five? I can't really hope for five and five. <laughs> I need more than four, that. Four you're, and six? You're a game and a half back in the division at this point. And at at this point, it's, the, it's a stretch run. I can't keep looking down the road and thinking, man, they got time. They don't have time really anymore. They've got about a month and a half left. And if they don't get things turned around, they're going to find themselves doing the same thing we're doing in October, watching from the couch. And that's just not going to be acceptable. I understand that maybe we had too lofty of expectations for the Brewers this year. And I'm not going to fault people for that because they, the, they brought that on themselves. They were one of the best teams in baseball last year after they acquired Willie Adamas. So I'm not going to fault people for expecting them to be one of the better teams in a National League. I'm all for that. I, I like having lofty expectations for your teams.
2: And, and here's the thing. The wild card is slowly drifting away slowly. It it it's probably going to be division or bust with this team.
3: Oh, 100%. Especially considering at this point both of these teams are sitting there at a point where if they don't win the division, they won't win the wild card. And maybe the Brewers got a little bit of a break with Fernando Tatís being suspended the rest of the year. So maybe the wild card's still a possibility, but I mean, let's be honest. They haven't played with Fernando Tatís all season long. And they acquired Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, and Josh Hader at the deadline. Uh, And Josh Bell. I think they'll be okay. So this Brewers team has everything in front of them. They've got all these opportunities. They had a chance yesterday to make up for some wrongs and give you a little bit of confidence. Because if they would have gone in there and won yesterday, I think it'd be a totally different tone this morning. I think there'd be a confidence level in the Brewers. I think people would be excited about them today because they'd at least be up in the division, and we talk about this tough stretch of baseball and say, you know what, Tim, honestly, you're 5-5. Five and five. If they won yesterday, we might be fine with 5-5, five and five. because even if they fall a game, a game and a half, two games back, it'd be like, all right, you know what, well, we went up against the Dodgers, so that's fine. And then after that, I believe after this stretch of baseball where they play the Dodgers, the only teams left that they have on their schedule with their winning record are four more against the Cardinals, and then six straight games against the teams in New York, Correct. with the Yankees and Mets. Yep. So they're going to have a chance to make up for a, you know a bad stretch if that's what happens here. They're they're going to have a chance, but the Cardinals, if everything goes like I see it going over the next essentially two weeks, you're going to be back in this division four and five games. And expecting the Brewers to make up four and five games with a month, a month and a week or two is really asking a lot. And it's not like the Cardinals schedule is all that hard either. So you've got really missed an opportunity here. And we're going to dissect these games and we got to talk about this hater trade again because I I, kind of had this new thought yesterday on why I hate it again. I would Gosh, I really wish this would be done, Tim. I, I'm I'm so tired of talking about Josh Hader being out of town because there's nothing you can do about it at this point. But we can continue talking about it because we can see clear problems with that trade. Players, I don't want to hear the players talk about it anymore because they can't do anything about it. They need to go out there on the field and do it. But us in the media, David Stearns, you want to keep asking him, that's fine because I'd keep asking him, what the heck were you thinking? And Mark Adonasio, those guys, I can't hear counsel on those guys talking about it because that'll make me even more frustrated. But at this point, Taylor Rogers, that dude's what? Fifth or sixth in the pecking order in the back end of that bullpen? There's no way in that situation, again, that Taylor Rogers should be pitching. You, you pitched Matt Bush to the bottom of the order, and then you pitched Taylor Rogers to the middle of the order. How does that make sense? I know that Matt Bush struggled in his first outing out, so if we're looking at the numbers, we can actually say that Bush and Rodgers are probably similar since they've come over to the Brewers. But let's be honest. You've watched these games just like I have. Taylor Rodgers is fine. He's a solid bullpen arm. But he's not my high leverage guy anymore. I'm sorry. Matt Bush looks like that dude. Matt Bush... You've watched him. Looks electric. He looks every bit as good as any right-hander you've seen this season outside of, and Tim Diller brought this up last week on the Big Show. He's got just as good of stuff as any right-handed reliever in baseball outside of maybe Edwin Diaz. So it's him and Devin Williams and Boxberger and Milner. That's my top four in no particular order. When it comes to high leverage situations. And yes, I said Hobie Milner over Taylor Rogers. Because Hobie Milner showed me throughout the season that I can trust him. What has Taylor Rogers shown me? Taylor Rogers, since he's been here, hasn't shown me a whole lot. And what did he show me on his way out in San Diego? He showed me that he could lose his closer's job because he couldn't finish things out there either. So what exactly is the point of putting Taylor Rogers in that situation yesterday? Lefty versus righty. Listening to Tim on the postgame show last night, I thought he made some great points. Why is it that Craig Council will pay attention to the analytics of left-right, lefty-lefty matchups, right-left matchups, all these different things when it comes to hitters? When there's a left-hander on the mound, Rowdy, you got to sit down, dude. You can't face him. But when it comes to pitching... Oh, I got no problem with Taylor Rogers facing Albert Pujols. Well, it's Albert Pujols. Yeah, but he'd already gone deep in the game. And then he just serves one up down the middle. I don't really care what pitcher was out there. With that pitch right down the middle, I could have hit that thing out. Why are you going to leave that thing right over the heart of the plate like that? So we're going to dive into that trade again a little bit later, and I'm so done with talking about that trade. But everything with the Brewers right now is on the table. Every single thing because they had every opportunity to make up for some wrongs that had happened throughout this season and they just didn't do it. They had an opportunity to go out into St. Louis to go get the lead in the division and make up for what could be a tough stretch of baseball. And they just didn't do it. And now you're going to go into a tough stretch down a game and a half already and if you go 5-5 five and five during this stretch, I'd bet you the Cardinals go 7-3. and three. So what does that make you? Now 3.5 back? Are you coming back from that? I had a lot of confidence in this Brewers baseball team. And I just don't have it anymore. I just don't. I still think that they can have everything fall their way and they could get everything going in the right direction and we could still maybe see them make a run into October and then a run in October. I, I still think that that's there. But I can't try and convince you that they're going to be there when everything's said and done. Because I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to go as far as Bart last week and say I'm in the done club because I'm not. I still have faith in them. But it's getting increasingly frustrated to try and talk people into this Brewers baseball team. It, It just
2: is. It's looking very easy for the Cardinals this next week. (laughs) <laughs> oh, very easy. And we're going to dive Thank into man. all this stuff. So we've got plenty to talk about with the Brewers. They have the Card- They have the, uh, the Cardinals have the Rockies and the Diamondbacks when the Brewers have the Dodgers and the Cubs.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got easy games. And if there's one thing I know, the Cardinals will at least show up, even if they lose those baseball games or walk away with only a 6-4 and four record. They're going to show up. They're going to give a fight. Do we know that the Brewers are going to do that in seven games against the Dodgers over the next week and a half? I don't know. I really don't. 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea. We'll get some more of your reaction because I think we've got plenty of people that want to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll get into Packers in just a little bit. Usually after a Packers game, Tim, we got to leave with the Packers, but I don't know if there was a whole lot that was just – Wow, jump off the page stuff from that Packers' first preseason game. Plenty to talk about with the Cardinals-Brewers series out in St. Louis. And we'll talk with you guys next here on the Bart Winkler Show here at on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show, 1250 AM, The Fan. Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today and tomorrow. Alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakelands.edu. Mr. Milwaukee tweets in, at Toby Altizer. I know you haven't done the morning show much, but let me fill you in. We gave up on the Brewers two weeks ago, and no one wants to talk about them anymore. You can be done any time (laughs) now. I think that uh, there are plenty of people that have given up on the Brewers. I, I definitely understand that. But I believe we do have people that want to talk about it this morning. I do. 414-677-1250. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. One of the guys that wants to talk about is KJ in West Dallas. KJ, what's going on, man?
5: Hello, Toby. Thanks for taking my call, uh, Tim. You know, Toby, the way that council managed that game yesterday—if you were just a casual uh, observer of that game—you couldn't tell whether or not the Brewers were running away with his vision or they were cellar dwellers. Mm-hmm. Because he I mean, he started the game with a rookie catcher, Feliciano. He had Davis in center field and and told me, "Why is Davis still on the team?" Yeah, that's
3: another thing that's another thing we got to look at if you're just going to keep Jonathan Davis around to be your defensive replacement. You know who was good at defense and you could have just kept around. I know this is an old name, but Lorenzo Kane. Like, Jonathan yeah. Davis isn't batting at this point. So, why wouldn't you keep Kane if you're just not going to bat the dude and have him play defense?
5: So, that in itself is six automatic outs. And then it leads me into Christian Yelich. Yep. Who was 0 for 12 in the series, never even got on base, not even walk. Okay. He's 0 for 23 in his last 23 at-bats. And you're paying that guy all that money. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the management is in the done club. Because I don't think they really, really believe that the Brewers can go uh, past maybe the wild card.
3: Well, but the crazy Uh, part for me, I can understand that, KJ. I really can. Like, if they don't believe this roster can win a World Series, then, yeah, you weren't going to trade for one of these big names. I get that. But your acquisitions were Matt Bush, which I think has been solid so far, what you've seen, and then you traded away Josh Hader. And we're going to dive into that, but you didn't have to trade Josh. If you're going to get the same, and people are going to say, well, Josh hasn't been good out in San Diego. Well, the trade-off for all that is your clubhouse got fractured. It re- yeah. really has. And so yeah. you could have essentially just not traded him if you're going to get the same production from Taylor Rogers, and Josh Hader, and you could have just been sitting there looking at it like that, and guess who we would be blaming at that point? We'd be blaming Josh Hader. We'd be blaming Craig Council. We wouldn't be talking about the front office at all because we'd say they gave him an opportunity, but they didn't. Yeah.
5: Well, and and here's the thing. I mean, you put in uh, his back of the the pitching rotation, putting Taylor Rogers up against Pujols, mm-hmm. who was three for five against him uh, going into that at bat. You put him lefty righty, and and Pujols he can he he tortures left hand pitchers. Yes, and, but he's not that good against righties. So where was Boxberger? Okay. Why is Boxford
3: or her is something I'm missing? I I really don't understand. At this point for me, if Taylor Rogers is anything more than your sixth, seventh inning guy at most, because someone's down that day. I mean, I ranked it earlier. There's four guys. I'd take ahead of Taylor Rogers at this point in high leverage situations, tie ball game. I'm not bringing in Taylor Rogers unless I absolutely have to.
5: Yeah, and I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, Toby. In fact, I even tried to get you into a bet. The Brewers are not going to catch the Cardinals, uh, and it, it's evident to me, real, really crystal clear now. Uh, they're not. The Cardinals are not going to look back. Not with the lineup they have. Mm-hmm. And, and you made you made that picture yesterday. What's his name? Michaelis. Michaelis. You made him look like Bob Gibson.
3: Out there, yes, yes. yeah, I mean, really, and and I, I, mean, I don't want to take anything away from Michaelis because he's been solid all season long. But why is it that every single time that the Brewers face one of these guys, they end up looking like a Cy Young candidate and they can go toe to toe with Corbin Burns? Which we know Michaelis can be as good as he wants to be. There's only one, two, maybe three pitchers who can even be in the same conversation as Corbin Burns. And yet, that's what these guys look like every time out against the Brewers.
5: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I I'd be shocked if the Brewers break even. They split with the Dodgers. I, I'd be happy with that. I, 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 I just don't see it, man. I don't see it at all. Yeah,
3: okay. KJ, appreciate the phone call, man. Okay, hello, my brother. Thanks. Aloha, KJ. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Let's continue talking about the Brewers with you guys. Let's get out to Ron in Rome. Ron, what's going on?
6: Yeah, hi Toby. You know, I tweeted you this weekend, and I said to paraphrase Dennis Green: the Brewers are who I
7: thought they are. Mm-hmm.
6: You know, they. I had doubts about them all summer because their roster, the hitting roster, is basically a, b- a bunch of two twenty hitters, a bunch of bo- a six seven eight hitters. We don't have a 3, 4, 5 hitter. And you mentioned Willie Adamas. I looked it up. Yeah, last year he hit 285, but this year he's joined the rest of the Brewers hitting down in the low 200s. So and then we got Christian Yalich, like KJ said. He's 0 for 23. So he had a little spurt when he became the elite off-hitter, but now he's worse than ever. So who do, we don't have a plus hitters.
3: No, and the thing about Willie Adamas that really perplexes me is it'd be different if last year was a career year for him and he'd never really had something like that. And last year was a good year for Willie Adamas. But he's never hit for 220 in his career. He's been at least like 255, 260 when he was with the Rays. And it seems like this always happens to Brewers hitters whether it's that first year or that second year or that third year, look at Colton Wong. Like, well, what happened to Colton Wong? Yeah, he's been better lately. But what happened to him throughout the entire season?
6: Well, you know, I watched the games on game day, and I, don't, I haven't heard much talk. I know they've talked a little bit about it. But I would like to see, when these guys were on other teams, did they swing earlier in the at-bat? First of all, um... Christian Yelich, he almost gets a dead red right down the middle fastball every at-bat, and he just yeah. always takes it. Yeah. And I remember when the Braves, when we played the Braves, their manager said, the Brewers have really good pitching. We can't afford to ha- let them have long at-bats. We're going to get aggressive and swing at the first pitch. And that's exactly what they did, and they beat us. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and then, like Tim says, you know, there's some uh, some at-bats where, like the Cardinals will swing at seven of eleven of the pitches, and they'll get you know they'll they'll have a small bowl inning, and we never do that. We work the counts trying to get rid of the pitchers, and meanwhile we we can't hit anything. Why it's something with the batting philosophy, and you know I I don't like to bl- I don't know if it ma- matters who the hitting coaches because maybe it's what Craig Council he's telling them to do.
3: Well, There's and nothing's
6: wrong with the with the hitting philosophy because even we get these good hitters. And we also have had hitters that we have hit 200 on the Brewers, and they leave and they go to other teams, and they're hitting 300.
3: I'd Let love to. I'd love to stop. ask someone that's in baseball, maybe someone like Vinny Rattino or something, if this has changed a little bit. But with the way that baseball is nowadays, and talking about just baseball philosophy here, whether it's a Brewer or someone else. Is it even in your best interest to get into the bullpen early at this point? If you're going against Corbin Burns or someone of that caliber, sure, you're better off against the bullpen. But what if you're going up against a starter who's only throwing 93-94? Because as soon as they go to the pen, they're bringing in someone that's throwing 98. So I I don't even know that the old-school philosophy of let's get this guy's pitch count up so we can get him out of the ballgame, I don't even know if that's something that matters anymore. Because then you look at Craig Council— Yesterday, Ashby's at 79 pitches, pitching pretty well. He still comes out, doesn't matter. So does it even matter at that point that it's about pitch count? It more so matters about where you are in the order and how many times you've gone through the order. And then you get into the bullpen and they bring in this guy. It's like, yes, we finally got the starter out. Here comes this guy that throws 98 with a wipeout slider. Would I rather face him or a starter that I've already seen twice? Well,
6: you know what? Yesterday, when I was listening to the game, I was like, about the seventh inning, I thought, oh, deja vu all over again. Mm-hmm. We This year, we've been jumping out ahead. I'm like, oh, good. we got a chance. Maybe we're going to go to the playoffs. And then nothing. But yesterday was really bad. We scored two runs in the first two at-bats and then nothing the rest of the game. It's around After a while, you're like, oh, we better do something or eventually the Cardinals are going to have a big inning. And then, bam, that's what happens.
3: Yeah. Ron, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks, bud. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Let's get out to Tyler, who's in Tosa. Tyler, what's going on, man? Tyler, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, what's going on, Tyler?
1: Uh, I was just uh, I was calling because I agree with you. I think against the Dodgers and Cubs, you can't go five and five if you're gonna. Keep pace of the Cardinals. You you have to win, you have to go like a seven and three. I don't even know if that's a realistic expectation, but that's almost what they have to do. Because even after the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, they have the Reds for five games. So they have 11 games against subpar opponents. So they're probably going to win at least eight of those games, maybe more. So if you don't keep pace... Then you're gonna you're gonna be four or five games back. And is that and at that point is that even too much for this Brewers team to come back from? Like it's it's a five game lead and well, you're almost with only a month to go. I mean it's realistically mathematically it's not impossible, but just the psyche, you're you just lost to them and you're gonna be five games back with no real easy opponents.
3: Well, and I don't know why we felt so confident there. For a little bit that they would for sure win this division because if anything we knew the cardinal way the and how it gets turned on after Cardinals the all-star always, break
1: always a pain for the brewers absolutely what was that what was, the, what was that pitch to albert pujols it was just a meatball right down the middle right you know he's going to be sitting dead red and just a fastball right over the heart of the plate he almost hit it out of the park literally
3: yeah i mean both of the pitches he that he hit out were middle middle and I can live with Aaron Ashby when you're throwing that many pitches having a mistake. I'm sorry, Taylor Rogers. It's what, literally what you traded for is a guy that can come in in high-leverage situations, paint the corners, throw his nasty slider and his good sinker and great fastball and get dudes out, and he's not even doing that.
1: Yeah, that was like, at least throw, throw something off speed. As you know, he's going to be, at this point in his career, he's, he's – 40, what, 42 years old, he's not going to be chasing the first pitch. He's thinking fastball, and he's just going to jump it.
3: Well, and That's if he's exactly looking fastball, he and they brought this up on the broadcast, if he's looking fastball, he knows he has to get that bat out early. He doesn't have the same bat speed. You saw how early he was swinging on that fastball yesterday just to catch up. You break off a changeup. You break off a slider. That dude's so far out ahead of him. And even so, I don't even know that I'm – it's Taylor Rogers' fault. It is. But what is Craig Counsell doing pitching him there? Like, why is and Matt Bush pitching he's to the a, bottom the of the, the order?
1: Bullpen guy. He's never, ever since he's been here, he's always even when the Brewers didn't have the uh, Corbin Burns and the Woodruffs, so he's always wanted to go to the bullpen in the fourth or fifth inning. Well, he's and always-
3: I'm, you know, I, I, I I hate that philosophy, I do. But even so, even if he wanted to go to the bullpen, why would Matt Bush pitch the inning before to the bottom of the order? Why? At this point, if you're going to ignore splits and you're going to ignore all that stuff, Matt Bush is my number two leverage reliever, number two behind Devin Williams. So I'm pitching him. If I am going to pitch him in one of those two innings, I'm going to pitch him to the middle of the order. Why well, am I going to pitch him to the bottom of the order? Taylor Rogers could probably get Paul DeYoung out. He probably could, and he probably could have got the guys that ended up facing Matt Bush. And I bet you that Matt Bush could have got the guys out that Taylor Rodgers was facing. So why didn't you flip it? Just that simple change, and maybe we have a little bit of a different perspective today.
1: Or even start Matt Bush to start the second inning. But you know the the matchups. The matchups take precedent yeah. over lefty righty. But then then you against Pujols, it's okay. Well,
3: so. Tyler, appreciate the phone call, man. Yep, no problem, Toby. 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250. Let's get one more phone call in here before a break. Let's get out to Noah, who's in New Berlin. Noah, what's going on, man?
8: Toby, when you saw that lineup on Friday with Mike Rosu batting fourth, <laughs> do you think that Craig, that Craig Council is trying to win these games and be serious? I mean, come on. But, and then, Toby, this is what Craig Council will say. The lineups don't matter. Then why are we batting Christian Yelich lead leadoff every game? You I, know? I, He's not – He's not consistent with that. You know, he says, oh, lineups don't matter. But we got to have Christian batting lead,
3: batting leadoff every game. I, I can't stand when people say that lineups don't matter. I really don't understand that because it does matter. There's a reason Absolutely. that one guy bats 2, 3, and 4 and that the other guy that's not getting paid as much bats 7, 8, and 9. That's That's literally the reason. And your whole reason at the end of the season that we put this guy up there is we want to get him more at-bats. Okay, well, then what's the yeah. whole point of this? Lineups do matter. So for him to just come out, and he hasn't said it in a while because people aren't going to ask him about it at this point because they already know what the answer is going to be. But you're dead on. Why is Mike Brasso batting cleanup? I, I, I don't understand it. and we, we just lost him there. But he's dead on. Why is Mike Brasso batting cleanup? He's actually been solid. So I I have nothing against Mike Brasso. But at this point... Wouldn't you bat Hunter Renfro up there? Wouldn't you bat? I know we get frustrated about it, but Andrew McCutcheon's been better than that. And now we got to start talking about Christian Yelich again. We really do. He's been awful over the last week, week and a half. He'd been getting things turned around, and that'd been exciting. But next thing you know, last week's stats for Christian Yelich. This is how he was. 0 for 23, 9 strikeouts, only 3 walks. So uh, your leadoff hitter last week got on base three times. Three times. Your leadoff hitter. And not just your leadoff hitter, your highest paid player. Your dude in that offense. The guy that you paid to be the man in the middle of that order who you've had to turn into a leadoff hitter. Your dude only got on base three times. I mean, what, what is going on here? What gives? I don't know how he went from being someone that in that leadoff spot was one of the best leadoff hitters to just over the a week time period just struggled and struggled and played awful. And, yes, there's ups and downs in a baseball season, and sometimes you're going to struggle. I have no problem with you going through a slump. But, Yelly, dude, this is go time. This is the biggest series of the year against the Cardinals, and you didn't do anything. That's not, that kind of stuff's unacceptable. You know, if Yeli is going to bat like this and play like this, I can accept it if he's going to show up in the big series. But Tim, when was the last time you saw Christian Yelich show up in a big moment, much less a big game? Can't remember. Cuz all my Christian Yelich moments from this year are what? Like a Wednesday afternoon against the Reds, the
2: Reds, or the he, Rockies, I, I or something I like think that. The, the last time he hit a home run was against the Reds when he had that uh, cycle, right? Yeah, and that seems like a year and a half ago. Holy cow! I mean,
3: I I really don't understand what's going on with this guy at this point. I I wish we could figure it out. I really like Christian Yelich, the the player and the guy. I I really do. I don't know what happened to him. I really don't. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Let's get out to John and Franklin. John, what's going on, man? Uh, What's going on is I spend
8: way too much of this weekend watching the Brewers. (laughs) You know, I got to say congratulations for stealing, stealing the game uh, Saturday night. Because let's face it, the the Cardinals are a better baseball team. And there's what, 50, 48 games, whatever it is. There's there's a lot of baseball to be played, but I think we're just torturing ourselves until we come to the realization that that the Brewers management came to, When they traded what is pretty much perceived, probably by both of them, you know, their high leverage closer that is through, you know, throwing his best innings, let's face it, for the year, right? So they couldn't even get one bat Uh because they didn't think one bat was enough. And you're going to pull out offensive statistics, eighth in the MLB or what, and it's just proof that statistics can be bent. To show anything, anything you want to derive out of them, you know they had a couple. They had a couple spurts of offense this year, and I think it blew up their statistics because it. it we want, it's Groundhog Day. Every single game is this same game, but now you're playing the same game with a pretty stable back end. Yeah, yep. You know hater was you know slipping a bit, but at least you had. I mean, for quite a while, you had the best back end in the game. And any chance this team had to ascend in the playoffs, that would have to either return or at least get pretty close to where it was. It's not going to happen any other way. And they've got a lot of pieces now. And like you said, Rogers cannot pitch in high leverage. Come on. That and Pujols. Thank God we don't play them more, or else or else Bonds' record would be in jeopardy. <laughs> Because I, honest to God, how do you let this guy go deep on you twice?
7: Mm-hmm. Did,
8: didn't you get the memo when he tattooed the first one? I mean, absolutely hit driver. Holy smoke! I don't think our I don't I don't think the, the defenders in the outfield even turned around. And and you're going to throw him another one late in the game. But it's on the offense. We cannot score. And how far are we going to go? You want to split with the Dodgers? I'd love a split with the Dodgers. But how are you going to compete with that lineup, expecting your pitching to throw a one-run game every night?
7: It's
8: mm-hmm. it's just not fathomable. And then, you know, you got the Packer game, and that wasn't very promising either, but we'll we'll complain about that tomorrow.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about um, the Packers coming up in just a little bit, but appreciate the phone call, John. You got it. I'm out. 414-677-1250. you got to hit a break real quick. This is why losing those games to the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs are unacceptable. Because, let's just be honest, if we're looking at this from a objective 36,000 feet sort of perspective, this was a good baseball series. This was a fun baseball series to watch, the Cardinals and the Brewers. Well played on both sides, I thought. You know, you can question decisions. But I thought overall, well played series, close matchup. It was a good series. And sometimes you lose those. Sometimes you do. But this is why we're so frustrated today. Because you lost those games to the Pirates and the Reds. If you won those games, if you went 5-1 in that stretch instead of 1-5, You'd be two and a half games up right now. You'd be two and a half games up. That's a four-game swing right there. So I, I really don't understand why the Brewers do this to themselves. Because, you know what, if you lose that series and you're still up and you've been kind of taking care of your business and it's a well-played series and every now and then you're going to lose those, then we can talk about that and it's fine. And we're not having the same sort of panic. But the fact that this team in a big series can't come out and win two out of three makes you even more frustrated because you've already seen that they can't even do it against the other teams. That's why it's just so unacceptable that when you go out here against these other teams, you've got to win. And at this point, if you're the Brewers, I can't look at it as let's go seven and three in this next stretch. I can't even look at it in five and five or six and four. No, I need to go one and oh tonight. I need to go 1-0 and tomorrow. But don't worry about tomorrow until tonight's over with. Every single game from here on out, you've got to try and win. That means no more Sunday lineups like yesterday with Jonathan Davis in center field and Mario Feliciano behind the plate. Nothing against either of those guys. But is that your A lineup? Is that you really trying to win? Well, they need an off day. Why do you have to do, do multiple off days at the same time? Why are you throwing in the towel on a single game like that? And at this point, I know you've got a month and a half left, but they better not be getting a whole lot more off days. This is go time. This is it. They're going to get plenty of off days in October if they don't turn it around quick. They're going to have an extended off season because this team that we've been lauding and saying five straight playoff appearances when they do it this year, probably going to end at four if you don't stop it. And next thing you know, you're going to be vacationing, and you can rest and relax as much as you want. So get this thing figured out. The front office has done their thing now. And it's incredibly frustrating, and we'll dive into that. But now it's on the players. It's on Craig Council to go out there and find a way to win these games, and they just didn't do it. They just didn't. 677 1250 414-677-1250. Four one four 1250 I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. More Brewers Talk on the Bart Winkler Morning Show comes up next.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers Overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Selling a little
9: or a lot.
3: Bart Winkler Morning Show on a Monday. Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today, alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University Studios. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers and them losing two of three out in St. Louis over the weekend. I see you guys on Twitter. Don't worry. We are going to get into Packers football talk. Just wait. But let's be honest: what are we going to talk about with the Packers? Jordan Love looked meh. <laughs> I think there's plenty to talk about with this Milwaukee Brewers baseball team. We've got to discuss them. We'll get into Packers and we're gonna spend plenty of time on them today. But we had to start with the Brewers today, cause they're the team that played yesterday and broke all of our hearts. So four one four, six seven, seven, twelve fifty. Let's get out to Mike the painter. Mike, what's going on?
10: Everything but the Brewers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Seems that way, doesn't it? I really
10: it? do I really did call to talk about the Packers. I don't want to talk about the Brewers.
3: Well, go ahead. I mean, I you really can think. give you can give well, us your Packers take, we, and we're going to we get got, into the Packers. Don't worry. We got three players that just came off the pup
10: list. We mm-hmm. got Tonyan, Ed and Jenkins, and we got Watson coming back to practice. That's some big news there. Oh, for sure. Robio so Dobbs was, you know, what? Was offered to us. You know, he he looked really good. You know, he had some drops, and we're gonna we're gonna have some heartbreaks with him with some drops. But Aaron Rodgers will be putting the ball in better places for him. So I think I think he, we looked pretty good on offense. Love had some bad throws, but he looked all right. So I'd rather talk about them than the Brewers. We know what we're getting with the Brewers—more heartache and more heartbreak. We need to talk football now because training camp is underway and the regular season's are right around the corner.
3: Believe me, I had everything planned out to talk Packers football to lead off the show today, and we were just going to kind of go where the conversation went. But after watching yesterday's game and the way they lost that game, losing two of three in St. Louis, I don't know how you could start with anything but the Brewers. I get that the yeah. Packers are king. I do. I really do. But was there anything in that first preseason game that stood out so much that we had to talk about it more than the Milwaukee Brewers in the first hour? Because for me, there just wasn't. Like, if Jordan Love came out there and threw six picks and they were all his fault, we'd be talking Packers to lead off. If Jordan Love came out and threw for 500 yards, then we'd be talking Packers to lead off. But Jordan Love was meh. Three picks, two not really his fault. All right, pretty average. Romeo Dubs, you're right. We're going to talk about him. He was kind of everything that has been talked up in camp so far, so that's awesome. But was there anything that really was, like, that much that we had to talk about right away? I don't think so. I, I don't. So that's why we're talking Brewers. We're, missing,
10: we're, we're missing Mason Crosby. Really. <laughs> oh, for a sure. Right but th- you're dead on with that. We need to get him I mean, out there.
3: Holy smokes. And they brought in a new guy from the uh, XFL. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Or the USFL. USFL. So that's good. But, yeah, they do need Mason Crosby back. Mike, appreciate the phone call, man.
10: Thank you. Have a good day.
3: Bye. 414-677-1250. We'll get into Packers talk. Don't worry. We're going to talk Packers. So we will get into them. But we have to talk about this Brewers baseball team. We just do. We do. 414-677-1250. Let's get out to Dave and cut a- hey, Dave, what's going on, man?
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Dave. What's I going on? I realize we have to talk about this Brewers team begrudgingly and reluctantly talking about this Brewers team. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm sorry. Uh, management. What happened to this bite of the apple mentality? Because that was the whole reason why all this was done was the idea to con- have continuous bites of the apple well, I don't know whether or not you're you're looking at it as you know there's a worm inside of it, or we, we've pretty much stripped everything you can of this apple. Get that freaking euphemism out of here! It's just ruining this Brewers team in every way, shape, or form. I said this coming out of the All Star break that this was going to be a problem that they had all these runs coming in before the trade deadline, and man, has it reared its ugly head. I am fed up with this season, man. It's awful, and there are so many personalities out there that are still pushing this Brewers team as like, oh, we can do it. And I'm not naming names on that. This is like a very broad view here. People, you have to realize this team is bad. It is bad. And you continuing to show support for this bad team will produce nothing for the future, including bites of an apple.
3: Yeah, I mean, I want to be positive on this team. And you know I've been one of the guys that you've been talking about in that sort of sentence. But I can't, I, I can't even – I'm not going to say that I'm giving up on this team. I'm not going to say that I still won't be positive. But I can't blame you if you've just given up on this team because all the positivity I had basically got sucked away when they traded away Josh Hader. And then they showed me a little bit because the offense has been all right in the second half. And then you go into the biggest series of the year against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they're going to have opportunities to redeem themselves again later. So I, I understand that. But you go into a series where you, we might look back on that singular series and look at it as a turning point in the season and whether the Brewers make the playoffs or not, and they go in there and they just don't give a great effort. They just don't.
4: And, and here's the thing. I, I'm not saying any uh, either side of this uh, question, but is counsel the right guy? I, I do wonder looking at it because I feel like his the success that he did have has, has been taken away from him because of the, the changes to baseball with the, the three outs, the, the ban of the shift, the, and, you know, and all that stuff. I, I feel like his strengths, you know, aren't going to be there. And because of the fact that now he's the winningest manager in, in club history, you know, he kind of got a free ride going forward. When man, I I, I don't remember who it was if it was uh, KJ or something like uh, someone like that. You know, talking about you know, these mentalities that they are coming up with for the club. You know, letting the first pitch just go by. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely something wrong. There's something wrong internally, and maybe it is just the fact that this whole team blows. But so what are you going to do to fix this? Where is the remedy? I can't find it. I don't know. I've got some soothsayer that has, you know, the the end-all, be-all and the clairvoyance to know how to fix this team.
3: Well, you're supposed to be that guy for us, Dave. You're supposed to bring the positivity and fix everything for us.
4: <laughs> hey, I was that on Friday. I was hyped for the Packers. <laughs> but, you know, you thank- God, we had the brewers here to just bring me back down to Earth.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? Next hour we'll get into some Packers talk, because at least we got something to talk about there. Brewers, we're just gonna we'll we'll be frustrated and it's early in the morning on a Monday. We don't need to make it any worse, right?
4: Oh, good thing I burned my one call on them.
3: (laughs) Dave, appreciate it, man.
4: All right. Have a good one. 414-677-1250.
3: 414 677 1250. We will get into some Packers talk. I think we're just going to alternate back and forth because we still, I got plenty to talk about with this Brewers team tonight. They go up against the Dodgers. Still got plenty to talk about with the Brewers. I think we're just going to go back and forth. We will talk Packers in the next hour. But he brought up a point about Craig Council. I think it's fine to question Craig Council at this point. I think it's totally fair. If you don't think he's the right guy for the job, then maybe it is time to move on from him. I still think they're fine. I think that they should keep Craig Council. But one thing that he mentioned is his strengths maybe are being taken away from him. And I think in-game management, in a sense, has been reduced to the point that you can have any Joe Schmo making some of these decisions. The other thing, his one of his strengths was having a positive clubhouse vibe. Right, Tim? Having a positive clubhouse vibe. Well, how about when your boy, David Stearns, trades away Josh Hader and ruins all of that? Because you know that Brewers clubhouse? You've heard it after wins before when Tim would play them on the postgame shows and you hear all the music blaring and you hear all the fun and excitement in the background. So you know it's a, it's a good time in there. Has it been that way since the Josh Hader trade? I don't know that it has been.
2: That's what he's known for. He's known for bringing a clubhouse together making sure there's no drama and you, you know or at least you don't hear of anything but it just seems a little different this year. Well, and it all because I, of that trade.
3: The strengths are gone in terms of in-game management, his strength in the clubhouse of managing these personalities and making them work together and have a positive team energy, that seems to be gone. And I don't even know if it's his fault at that point. I don't And I don't know that some of this other stuff is his fault. But ultimately, it's down to trying to win baseball games. I think they should stick with Craig. I'm not saying they should move on from Craig. But I think it is a fair question at this point if he's the right dude for the job. 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. All right, guys. We'll talk Packers football. We will. So we're going to get into that next here on the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea. More coming up on 1250 AM. The Fan.